You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Abba, how are you, man? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for uh, coming on here today. We're already recording, so uh, I'll, I could go do a quick intro and then we can just get into it. Sounds good. Y'all got, y- y'all got great setups and I'm out here with my computer and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... No, it's all good, man. Yeah. Well, that, well hey, but that, that'll just prep get you for me next time. Uh, that'll just yeah. prep you for next time and then... Next time you come on the show, you'll have a better background. You could even like get this background like digitally behind you at drinkswithgiant.com. It would be oh, better yeah. for you. It would be better for all your Zoom meetings, just saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, hello everybody and welcome to Drinks with Johnny. Today, I'm really excited. I am joined by a new member of the New York Giants, Habakkuk Baldana, Bald- <laughs> Baldonado. It's a mouthful, right? All right, Haba. All right, give me a break. And I know you go by Haba to make it easier on people, and I appreciate that. We also got our co-host Sam the Hawk Hawkins on the show today. Um, We're going to be talking a little bit of sports, obviously, with uh, Haba on the show today. Um, He's also got a really interesting story. I know that uh, I heard a little bit about. Actually, real quick, I will let everyone know uh, how this came to be. Actually, it was. uh, I was hit up on my DMs from an old friend, uh, a guy named Corey Kelly, shout out, um, who was a good friend of mine back in middle school. We went to punk rock concerts together uh, here at Chain Reaction and Showcase Theater. Um, and he was, a, he was a crazy guy that, like back in the day, but like I guess he's mellowed out from what I've seen. He's got a kid now and everything, but uh, he was a wild dude. So yeah, at any rate, long story short here, long story long. He uh, DMs me and says, hey, this, uh, this Baldon- uh, Baldonado kid is, uh, is a big fan and uh, would like to like a chance to talk to you if you're cool with that. Here's his number. And I was like, well, do you think he'd want to do the Drinks with Johnny podcast? I mean, he's got an interesting story. What better time to share it than, uh, than here on the show, right, Haba? For sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so you've had a pretty, pretty interesting uh, last couple days, huh? Uh, yeah, they've been fun, you know. Been following the draft and stuff, just looking for my name um, and trying to try not to end my career, try to keep it going and keep playing football. Now, sorry, sorry to to start off, but just from that aspect, when you're watching it, what it set us up? What's it like for someone going through the draft, like from the beginning? I mean, you don't know the outcome. Where are you at? Who are you with? What's what's the setup of the day before and and the day, if you don't mind? That, that's that, that's the craziest part because what they show on TV is really what's going on because nobody really knows where they're going to be picked, who going to pick them or what. So your agent kind of gives you an idea where you could get picked, but he doesn't really know. He tries to talk to team and get a sort of an answer. So he gives you a ballpark and then you just got to sit on the couch and wait for the call to come. Or in my case, I mean, I got a call too, but you know, you got to watch the draft and wait for that call. So, yeah, that, that follows up. So everyone knows and gets caught up. Obviously, over the weekend was uh, starting Thursday was the uh, 2023 
uh, NFL draft uh, where guys like yourself uh, declare that they want to be drafted by one of these 32 NFL teams and you kind of just put your put your name in the hat and wait for someone to call right like you just like you just mentioned Haba and um, and uh, at the end of it there still doesn't mean if you if you weren't one of the how many how many did you get drafted overall Haba does it change every year? 259 but yeah it does change every year okay so it so and if you're not one of those you uh end up you might still get drafted not drafted but signed rather in free agency like like yourself right that's what happened for you yeah exactly if you're not one of the one that get picked from the team for one reason or another you have different chances actually to make an nfl roster you have what it's called prefer um free agent whereas like around the fifth round or sixth round teams start calling you telling saying that they really like you and they want to sign you even though they're not going to end up picking you mm-hmm. so like while the draft is still going teams try to pick you um try to get you we could say and then there's regular free agent where you either get invited from a team to uh, a sort of scouting event just like during um rookie mini camps and stuff like that or people that don't get called at all unfortunately yeah yeah so i mean you got you got the call obviously from the new york giants you're going to be playing defensive end over there um uh where, where you played over at university of Pitt as well um yep. and you can't and let's go back uh we'll come back to the nfl and what that what the next steps are going to be for you um, but before we go too much further into that i want to go back to to your your backstory growing up in italy uh, the difference of playing ball out there. And I, if, if I'm not mistaken, I believe you didn't even start playing football until you were 16 years old, which to start in another country at such a late age for a professional sport and then come over to the place that is known for it, the NFL, and actually get onto a team is just, I mean, it's, it's remarkable for so many reasons. So the first question there is, is that true? Did you not play football at all until you were 16 years old? Yeah, that that's the truth. That's the craziest part of the journey. Uh, I didn't start playing football until I was about 16, and I played for about a year back in Italy, and, um, and then I moved to the U.S. for my senior year of high school. So I played one year in Italy, one year a year in the U.S., and then I got blessed and received a whole bunch of scholarships from D1 colleges around the country. What does that look like in Italy for finding – I mean, I have saw some stuff on your jersey and stuff – like here in America, we have, you know, we have high school sports and we have, you know, when you're younger, you can do, you know, all the Friday night light stuff like Johnny's kids doing. If you're finding it at 16, it's not through your school. And what's the caliber of players there? Because it's not like you have a huge pool of people jumping in to play football over there, right? Or is there? No, not, not at all. It's actually like a super small sport. And the people that play and do it are really just passionate. They just do it for the love of the sport. But the main difference between the U.S. and Italy is that in Italy, we don't play sports in schools, so we don't have school leagues. We just have club teams that play at night. Um, So I just found this club team back in Rome, close to where I used to live, and they gave me an opportunity to play with them. But they have different leagues. They start from under 16 and under 19, and then they have, like, their main league, what they call Serie A, A A-series, we could say. And that's everybody from 19 to, like, 40 years old, man. So I I, I was 17 playing against adults. Oh, (laughs) dang. 
And we're, okay, they call so- it football, or is it taboo? Because over there, you know, football is yeah. What do you, you call know, it when you're soccer for us? Is it just American football? No, they, yeah, they call it American football. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. I, I guess uh, what's wild is when you say that you're playing against adults. At first, like to someone listening to this or, or watching this right now, they might not see just how big of a guy you are, too. So they might be like, "Oh, there's like this 17 year old." kid in quotes uh out there was really kind of built like a grown-ass man already though i mean what are you what are you at right now like after um your height and and, uh weight right now right now i'm about i'm like almost six five two fifty five yeah that's and and when you were 17 were you uh also about six five but maybe yeah, a little, little like, lighter, a little lighter. Probably. Yeah, six four, two hundred, two ten. Yeah, that's still quite large. So I, I don't <laughs> want anyone to get any, 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 anything like, uh, like, oh man, I can't believe they're letting these kids play with these grown ups adults. Like, nah, it's, these, these guys are built different. These guys are built different. <laughs> yeah, forty year old guys break hips a lot easier than the the sixteen year old kids do. Right, right. So what was so you so you moved? Uh, what what moved you out to the states then? Because I thought I thought maybe it was football, but you said you moved out in uh, and did a senior year of high school here before uh, you started getting the scholarship offers. Like down in Florida, right? How'd you how'd you pick that spot? I mean, I, I didn't move for for for, uh, for football because at okay. the time I was playing for the Italian national team. Because even though it's a super small po- sport, we still have national teams in Europe that compete against each other in a kind of championship. So one of the coaches at the time of the national team had contacts with the head coach here of the high school where I went to in Clearwater, Florida. And he just put me in contact with him. He was like, I think you got a shot. You could do something out of football. Would you be interested in leaving and going to play in the U.S.? And I just took the chance. Did you- so is that football known for – is that, that high school known for a pretty good football program already? Or was it just by chance that the, they no, that, knew the coach? That's another crazy part because that high school was not known at all. That was the second year that they started playing 11-man football. They had never sent anybody to college. Whoa. So it was just <laughs> – Whoa. Yeah. That's right. So you're an outlier there. I guess uh, my question on that, though, when you're growing up in, in Italy, uh, how much on your radar is the NFL? Like, do you guys, are you watching games as a kid and getting into it? Or was it just like, hey, I'm 16 and I'm huge now. Maybe I should try this football thing. Yeah, well, it was more like that because growing <laughs> up, I had no clue that this was even a sport because <laughs> wow, you don't show it on TV or we don't grow up playing it. It's super small, so nobody knows about it. Yeah, But it just happened casually. I ran into a game on TV one day because we had this special package um, with like random sports from around the world. And so I just saw this sport and look interesting and fun. And um, I was playing soccer at the time and I was getting way too big. And I'm like, that looks yeah, you're like a big, you're big for a soccer player. dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in Italy, soccer is crazy competitive. So oh, around 16, you already start becoming a pro. And I was in that during that age, I was like, I don't know. I might have to find something different for myself. I ran into the sport and I just fell in love with it. What do you remember? Uh, how old you were, or uh, the maybe even the particular game that you that you saw? I don't remember the particular game, but I was about thirteen at the time when I first discovered it, and I didn't start playing uh, seriously until I was sixteen. Yeah. Well, I think, like you said, uh, like like a lot of us would expect. Uh, 
anywhere in Europe or pretty much anywhere outside of America in the world, uh, soccer is a lot more, uh, you know, uh, it has a higher importance, I'll say, than it does here in the States, you know. Um, I mean, I still love soccer. Like, I, I watch it. My son plays it. Like, it, it, I, I love the World Cup. My wife played soccer all through high school. It's a fun sport yeah. for sure. It's super competitive. So I don't want to take anything away from that. But it's just interesting, like like you say, when you, you start out, I guess an athlete is an athlete because, I mean, you were able to tran- translate that, I mean, obviously pretty quickly because out here, you know, you have the junior leagues like, like Sam was just talking about, starting with like Friday Night Lights, flag football, and then you have like Junior All-American and Pop Warner. I mean, I was playing football. <laughs> it didn't pan out for me quite like it did with you, buddy. But uh, I played football around here in Huntington, you know, at, starting at the age of 11. So, and now kids are just starting even earlier than that. And uh, it's just wild, like, that you would be able to translate that so seamlessly. You're doing the opposite of Ted Lazo. Instead of football to, to, to football, you're doing <laughs> football to, 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 <laughs> to American, American football. football yeah. that, that, that's a crazy part. It took me, I mean... I think I played a lot of different sports growing up and all the different skill set that I gained from all those sports helped me transition a little faster into football. Um, so. And how did, how, how did you decide defensive end? Was that, was that what was uh, signed to you when you were playing in Italy and they're like, you look like you would be an end or was that something you were passionate about? You wanted to be a, an edge rusher? No, I sort of grew it into it. I grew into it because I started as a receiver, as a wide receiver. Okay. Then let's say my hands were not the best. I was in half sticky hands. And that works out well for defense because you don't need to catch it. You just need to bat it out of the sky if you get over there, right? 100%. And so one of the coaches at the time just like proposed me to play this different position. He said, I got this position for you. Just, just try it a couple of times and see if you like it. I started playing both the receiver and defensive end, and I kept playing both until high school. And when, once I transitioned into college, I, I just started playing defensive end full time. Yeah. So what's your uh, what's your speed on the forty? Did you do the combine or? Yeah, I, I ran a four seven at the combine. Uh, uh, Sam, just to put that into perspective for you, Sam's not a big sports guy, but running a four seven at two hundred and fifty five pounds. That's scary. You watch that in person. That's scary to see a, a human being be able to do that. I just want to put that into perspective for everybody. Yeah, well, of that size, that. anything going fast is scary, man. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> You're going to be messing with some quarterbacks. So what was your experience like, like over at Pittsburgh University? Like when you, and why did you choose them coming out of, out of the well, high school? I got, oh, you got I Sam? That, I got to ask some to that. Okay. Is it true I saw something where your assistant coach said he got sent a video of you and within 45 minutes, they sent someone out to see you. Is that true? Yeah, that, that's true. That's actually how it's that's started. crazy. Uh, so all my, all my, um, all my rise to college has been crazy because since I played only one season of uh, high school in the U S in that high school that nobody knew, uh, like my momentum had to just start rolling. So I started D3 offers from D2, D1 FCS. And until the point where I had only one uh, FBS offer from Coastal Carolina, I was about to commit. And then Oregon pulled in. And then after Oregon, it just like snowballed and a whole bunch of schools started offering me. And how pay offered me, somebody sent uh, my highlights to the D-line coach that had, uh, actually to the tight end coach, that at the time was with the D-line coach at a gas station, something like that. Hmm. They watched it, and I guess they liked it. 
and taught, um, called the area coach immediately and he pulled out to my school and came to see me. But uh, all over experience at Pitt has been great. Uh, I picked this place because I like the coaching staff. I like the city. It has a huge Italian heritage. So that for me was major. I can find like food products that I miss from home or stuff like that. So yeah. that's a great thing. And at the time I wanted to be an engineer. So they were an awesome engineering school. And uh, yeah, it was a city. Uh, I was born and raised in Rome. So yeah. I could not live in a place like Michigan State or something. <laughs> I think Rome. I think actually you you did pick. Uh, uh, the other guy who usually does this uh, show with us, we have another co-host. He's also our um, graphic guy. He'll be cutting up the videos and stuff for us later. Um, he's actually from Newcastle, which isn't too far from Pittsburgh. And yeah. I went out and visited. And that also, a much smaller town, but very... Very Italian heritage, a lot of Italian heritage there. Like, I, I don't think the restaurants that he took me to, I think one of them was American and the other ones were all Italian, like in the entire, in the entire town. It was pizza and yeah. pasta everywhere, you know. And I know it's not the same. I know, it's not, I, I know for someone who comes coming from Italy and, and, and I've traveled through there, Sam was just there not too long ago. Uh, I know it's not exactly the same, but you could get something similar like you're describing, right? Yeah, hundred hundred percent. That's that's always good to have a little taste of home away from home. Because when I move, I move uh, on my own. Every once in a while, it's good to just think about the homeland. Do you cook, or did your mom cook and teach you anything? Or oh yeah, my my whole family really cooks, and then I can cook as well. I cook for myself. You hear that, ladies? Yeah, he does, he's got it all. He's got it all. Yeah, and he's gonna be in in the mecca of New York City, you know, like the the media mecca of the world. Like, I mean, it's, that's insane, man. I mean, that's a, how do you feel about like going back to the NFL stuff? We'll jump back and forth obviously here, but that just brings me up to like being on the giants. What does that mean to you? You know, they, this is a team that just uh, got to the playoffs last season for the first time in a while and actually won a playoff game. They, they, they're, they're on the up and up as they say for teams and they're looking really good with their new head coach. And uh, have you had talks with the organization other than just when they said you're signed or, uh, have you already started working with coaches or they're sending you stuff or what's that process like? Uh, yeah, for being, being a drafted free agent is a little different because you get to actually pick where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So I had talks with many different teams and I picked the Giants for these reasons. They're a playoff team. They're up on the rise. They're young. They have great coaches. And in terms of opportunities, was it was really the best place. Uh, was New York, so it's a beautiful city where I'll find myself at home. And uh, I've, I've been in contact with the coaches. I've talked to the coaches, and we're going to actually start with rookie minicamp now on Thursday. Oh, oh that's fast. That's awesome. That's rad. I, I do yeah, like, though, I mean, we are talking about the, the food thing there, too. I mean, you're going to New York. I mean, they got great Italian out there, too, man. Is this, is this part of your decision? Are you just a big eater, and you're like, I'm going where I could get my food? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where I move. I go play football where I can't eat. <laughs> now, they got great. I mean, you're going to go go down and get into Manhattan sometimes and go find some good pizza joints. I mean, like, it's it's no joke out there. Well, it's yeah. good that you got it somewhere with, with so much to do, too. You know, it's, it's, it's great to be, you know, on an NFL team, but, you know, you never really fully know always where you're going to fall and finding in a city that actually has so much to do yeah. is, yeah. is rad. And you, you, and you mentioned uh, while you're while you're at a uh, uh, Pitt University, you're you were studying for uh, engineering. Is that something that 
Are you finishing that out? Are you going to graduate with that as a major and then maybe fall back on it, you know, years from now when you retire from the NFL? Yeah, probably I'll, I'll finish this major. But the way it started is that in Italy, high school is where more like college here where you have to pick what you want to do. Okay. So the high school that I did in Italy was a sort of engineering prep where we do all the subjects um, kind of a, at a lower level in respects to college. But uh, I was ready to get my degree. And then one year and a half into it here at Pitt, I kind of had to switch route because um, you know, football always comes first and we were not allowed to take classes in the in the morning and things like that. So they advised me to just try to switch major because it would have made my life easier. So I did. Uh, and uh, I, I graduated early with a degree in economics and then I was oh, okay. doing my master's in finance. But the dream is definitely to finish uh, the engineering degree one day. Awesome. Well, and, and and again, I know you picked uh, you picked. You ended up picking uh, University of Pittsburgh. Um, we already covered that, the many reasons why you chose them. But who were some of the other Division I uh, colleges and, and that you were considering before you made that decision? It was really all over the place. I had places like UCLA, Nebraska, Michigan State, Oregon, UCF, um, Rutgers, Maryland, well, if you, did, if you had gone the UCLA route, you may, things would have been different, obviously, but you would have been a lot closer to, to me. That you is, could have done this in person, you know? That is what I'm saying. That is crazy because <laughs> one of the things that I always say, is the only thing that I regret in this whole process is that I didn't even go to visit UCLA because I told them straight away I was not interested. I don't know why. But <laughs> the West Coast is so good, though, man. I, I, I know, and my uh, nutritionist always makes fun of me because he actually <laughs> lived in L.A., and oh, I went okay. to visit him, and he brought me on campus, like, right next to Beverly Hills. He was like, you could have been here instead. You, you went to Pittsburgh in the cold. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah, well, I guess that's the difference of not knowing when you're going into a whole new country. I mean, like, it's funny because, like, for us, like, we go to visit Italy, it's like, well, I don't know which where, which places I've, I've been. I've been to mo most of the major cities, you know, but I've never really gotten into the weeds of it because I'm usually in there just playing a show in and out of the cities. Sam, uh, I don't know what you got to do when you were out in Italy. Maybe you could share a little bit of that because I'd like to get into oh. that and I could share a couple of experiences that I remember from Rome here too. Oh, no, I, I just fell in love with Italy. I mean, we, my wife and I did a, a European tour. Uh, just the two of us left the kids behind and uh, we had two weeks and we hit, you know, a bunch of countries, but Italy and Rome specifically, I, I, I don't know what, if it seems touristy to you, you said you were around there, but the fact that everything is so walkable, every single, I mean, we talk about food, you guys are so lucky. I mean, yes, you know, California, New York has all these great spots, but I mean, every little hole in the wall place, everybody takes so much pride in their food rather than just trying to make a buck. It's, it's that sold me and the history you got, we have no history here and, and, you know, we have the national parks and things like that, but I mean, you just like turn your head. And We're just a just younger history. country. We don't need to poo-poo yeah. on the USA here. I'm not poo-pooing <laughs> at all. I, it's, it's different. It's different. Yes, it That's is. it. Yeah. Did you guys yeah, go to the Coliseum? Sure. Did you go to the Coliseum while you were there? Uh, it was close. We tried to do a night tour. They kept canceling it for some reason. So we saw the outside. We didn't go on the inside. Hmm. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. 
Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. Yeah, if you, if you go back, you definitely got to go inside it. But food is really part of our, our culture. That's what our country is really built on. Uh, everybody takes so much pride. And when we start eating, everything stops. We have these like hour lungs, lunches and dinners with the whole family and oh, all yeah. together. It's, it's just a thing that is really ingrained in our people. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful for Same us as visitors. Wherever you turn, there's like some historical thing, something to see, and there's so much to do. And that's what I love about Rome, that even though it's a huge city, you can literally walk from the side to the other. Just oh, that was the best part. Save on the sidewalk or something like that. And that's what I like to do when I'm back home. I just walk around. I try to discover new places because there's such, such a variety of things to do, so many things to do that even now, after 23 years that I've been there, I still discover new things. Yeah, man. I mean, did, New York is going to be like that, too. I, I, you know, like, like that's when I visit New York, I, I don't rent a car or anything. I walk everywhere, you know, and then yeah. you get a cab or take the subway if it's something, somewhere a little further. But I mean, I've been there mixing albums for three weeks at a time. And, and I just I just bust out the bust out the shoes, man, and just walk from one side of Manhattan to the other. It's 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 a beautiful beautiful city, and kind of has sure. that vibe too. Not the history, as we were saying, not quite the history. Let's let's say, but it definitely definitely has a lot of similarities. I'd say. Do the Giants help you guys relocate? So so now you're signing with them. You said you're going out there Thursday to start training. Do you do you just go up in hotels till you you get your bearings, or do they have a, a team that helps you with that, or how does that work? Yeah, they, they have both. They fly you in and they offer you a hotel until the end of camp. And then I believe that after the end of camp, then you have to find your own housing, but they have a whole team that can help you with that. And then there's your own agent that can help you with that. So it's a pretty smooth process and transition. Do you, you, uh, do you go back home at all? I, yeah, I know that you said you got a dad who's Caribbean and a mom that's Italian, right? Is that correct? Yeah. My whole family still lives in Italy, so I try to go back as much as I can, which is usually like about two weeks a year, a week a year. Wow, well, being on the East Coast, that should be great for you, too. Yeah, I mean, it's us in California, yeah, it's, it's so far. Yeah. Yeah. From from New York, it's just going to be a straight flight, eight, nine hours. So that's going to be great for sure. Yeah. No, that's I think you. Uh, you said you had a, a bit of, of your choice there being a free agent. I think you picked pretty well for, for your situation. I mean, as a Raiders fan, I probably would have loved to see you over there, but, you know, it, it's all good. We're not direct rivalries at this point, so yeah. it's all good. <laughs> 
You never know one day. One day. You might, hey, you might be seeing uh, my Raiders in the Super Bowl. You never know. You never know. <laughs> or you might get, or you might end up in Las Vegas with the Raiders. You know, you got a career to, you know, that's going to be, uh, keep going. Right. We're going to see as we go. Yeah, man. So I want to share you real quick. Cause you, you being from Rome, if you remember this place, um, you could, I don't remember the name of it, but one of my favorite restaurants I went to years ago and I'm, you know, it, it is what it is. Reason why we picked it out is cause it was the original home of Fettuccine Alfredo. And they, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think the restaurant is, is just called Alfredo. Is that, yeah, okay, that sounds right. And they have like the big book where like a bunch of celebrities have come through and signed yeah. it and stuff. We, we actually signed it. We, we made the cut, uh, as they say, for the restaurant. Um, but <laughs> the way that they prepared uh, the fettuccine was right, right there by the table, easy, simple ingredients. And it was the, my favorite fettuccine Alfredo I've ever had. Yeah. That, that's the, that's really the secret of Italian cooking. It's just like a couple simple, natural ingredients that just taste bomb together, and then they just make great food. Yeah, I mean, they 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 came with the with a big old pot next to the table. You know, there's like there's you know at least twenty of us. We you know when we roll, we're rolling with crew and everything like that on on a day off, and we, you know we got you know twenty person table reserved and stuff, and they brought in you know this big pot that had boiling water, you know, and then they just start throwing stuff in it. And then, and then they put it to another pot and just added the butter and milk to the noodles pretty much. And a little bit of cheese or however they did it. I don't remember exactly. I mean, this was probably 15 years ago and however they did it. And then like just mixed it up right there and put it on your, on your plate. And it was the best tasting thing ever. It was amazing. Have you been in that restaurant? I know you said, you know, it. have you been in it? No, I've never been there, but I know it. Like I've heard of all of it. I've seen stuff about it. I drove by that too. I know what you're talking about too. Yeah, it's not far from the Coliseum, as I recall. I, 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 yeah, yeah, it shouldn't be too far. It's right in the center. I think it's in the neighborhood called Trastevere or oh. Campo de Fiori, but it's yeah, it's pretty close to the historical center. Yeah, I mean, I, so I, these are uh, the the conversations you're going to get a lot. Is all these interviews are going to talk about? Hey, what's Italy like, right? So, are have you gone through some interviews where you're already getting stuff like this, where it's like the stereotypical questions you always get that you're going to answer over and over and over again? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's stereotypical, but yeah, people are interested uh, of knowing about Italy, about the country, about how I got there. You know? So I never mind answering questions like that. I, I like sharing my story. Well, let's hear some of your personal interests. So creeping on your Instagram, it looks like you did some, U, uh, some MMA uh, sparring the other day. Is that, uh, is that something that you, piques your interest outside of football? Yeah, because before football, I used to be a fighter as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's let, hear a little yeah, more about well, what's that. Your, what's your background and training in training uh, in the fight game? So when I was a kid, really young, uh, I did judo. I did that for a couple of years because my mom wanted me to. And then I developed a passion for mixed martial arts, which is more popular in Italy and is actually growing. And I did that for a couple of years until I just transitioned into football. Um, is it UFC that's, that's popular there or is it something different? Yeah, it's still, it's still UFC. UFC is like pretty much the main league, but there's like yeah. the different ones like Bellator, One Championship and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and after I start, actually, my brother started fighting as well. And he still does. And right now he's in Australia training and fighting. How big is he? He's a little smaller than me, about like 5'10", 5'11". Okay. So you, 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 guys, you guys, when you guys wrestle each other, it's not really the same weight class, then, huh? 
No, it's it's always a, a good fight. <laughs> All right, who can win? Who can win who's, between who's you winning? two? Who's winning most of the time? I mean, I give him like sixty pounds. I'm like sixty pounds over him, so you just lay you just <laughs> lay on him, you just lay into him, and you can't really do much. That's it. <laughs> no, I think Sam Sam had a good question there though too. Like, uh, is that something? Um, you 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 continue to to do and keep like on the ready like a little bit of training there maybe one day go into MMA or is it kind of in the in the rearview mirror for you, for you at yeah that, that's that's definitely a passion uh, when I can I try to train a little bit now it wasn't too smart to keep training so I stopped for a little bit mm -hmm. but for example when I went to Las Vegas uh, playing for for the Shrine Bowl where I got invited back in January February I got invited to the UFC Performance Institute, since I have a lot of friends that actually fight in the UFC. And it was supposed to be just a visit, but then Sean Strickland was sparring and he was like, oh, you look big. <laughs> let's go in the cage. I was like, let's do it. So I just took my shirt off, put some gloves, and I went in the, in the cage and fought him for a little bit. Did, did a couple rounds of sparring. And how'd that go? You think you got the better of him? <laughs> it was fun, but... You could tell why he was the professional. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you don't want to you want to nicely say he ha he handed you your ass. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he did me good. That's awesome though, man. I think we're learning quite a bit about you. What's uh, I mean, I, are you into I, sports be, biking too? I I saw that you, you follow a lot of sports biking stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love I love bike. I grew I grew up riding. My whole family's been riding bikes. I actually still got a bike down here in Pittsburgh. I have a Ducati Multistrada twelve hundred, so big oh. big sport touring bike. And recently, I just went to a bike race MotoGP in Austin. And that was oh. a crazy event. So, when you say your whole family rides bikes, uh, is anyone competitive? Or, or is anyone racing competitively? Or? Oh no, just just like riding on a road yeah rough riders so do you dmx <laughs> are you going to be using that but do you use that bike to commute uh uh around in pittsburgh uh i do every once in a while mm -hmm. i have a car too so i kind of switch up around especially because pittsburgh gets pretty cold oh yeah this of the year so i use it during the sam during the summer but in the winter it just stays in storage oh yeah but you went from rome to florida to pittsburgh man weather-wise that's got a little a little yeah, shock right there. Going down. <laughs> yeah, man. And then now New York, you're going, I mean, it's not going to be much different than Pittsburgh. It's yeah. going to be cold in the winter. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's all different experiences, different places yeah. to discover. So yeah. uh, along the way, uh, getting into more of uh, your other interests and stuff, obviously we got connected through my friend Corey, as I said at the top of the show. Um, uh, but he mentioned uh, that you were a fan of the band that I'm in, Avenged Sevenfold. Um, when did you discover uh, us as a band and uh, what are some of your other uh, uh, musical interests there? That's, that's the craziest part because basically my cousin put me on because at the time back when the Nightmare album came back, came out 2010, mm -hmm. I remember I was in Scotland and my cousin found the album, just got out a CD uh, and he bought it at a store. So what we did... We went back that day at night and we listened to the whole album that night. <laughs> That's how I kind of discovered the band and everything. And it was so exciting. And ever since then, I've been listening to it all the time. Actually, every before every game, right before going uh, on the field, I listened to Backcountry. Oh, wow. 
That's a good one. Yeah. That's your pump up song? I love it. Yeah. My, my, my pregame song right before the game. Hey, you're, what are you're, your other pregame songs that you got on that playlist? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, it depends. Like going into the game, I like to listen to chill stuff, stay relaxed until about half an hour before the game. Then, then I start uh, just to listen to harder stuff, we could say. Mm -hmm. So what, what are some of the softer and harder stuff that you, I mean, what are some of your other musical interests there? Um, I, I really like a lot of different types of music. I listen to a lot of different languages. I listen to Spanish, French, Italian, English music. Do you um, speak all those languages? I speak Italian, English, and Spanish. I okay. understand French a little bit, but I don't speak it fluently. Okay. Wow. Yeah, Do you know that from school or where'd you get Spanish from? Yeah. In, in Italy, you study at least three languages since elementary school. So I've been studying all the way through and then I was blessed. Cause my, my dad spoke two languages and my mom speaks like five. So Damn. I, I was kind of used to that around the house, but yeah, I, I listen to different genres too. Uh, hard rock, metal, um, EDM. I listen to a lot of EDM cause that's super popular in Italy. So those, I would say those are my main, main genres. That's cool, man. So what will turn me on to a couple of things? What should I, what should I go listen to that? Maybe I haven't had, had, had a chance to uh, be exposed to yet. That you haven't had. Yeah, man. Huh. Remember a I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit older too. So my, my finger's not as close as the pole to the pulse as it once was. So you probably don't have know. to dig that far for, to find something that I haven't heard yet at this point. <laughs> Pre-game. I listen to stuff like sleeping with sirens. Okay. Mice and men. Mice and men. Yeah. Asking Alexandria. Yep. Good dudes. I listen to y'all. I would say those are my main bands right before the game. What's the you, you ever heard about Gojira? Oh yeah, Gojira. Oh, yeah. We did uh, we did a tour with them in Metallica in the states in 2018. 2017. You know way better than me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they tell me I can push you on. <laughs> All right. Well, I tried. I don't know, man. <laughs> you play with these people. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what about the EDM stuff? I I listen to some. I mean, I don't know very many artists or, or anything there. So maybe there's someone that you that you like there that I haven't heard. That's a great question. Um, I was a huge Avicii fan. Uh, Fred mm -hmm. again. Stuff like Timmy Trumpet or more like techno. Okay. Um, like Marco Garola. Uh, You're gonna have to text me some of these. Send send me oh, some links. Send me some of your playlists. All right. I want to. I want to know. And speaking oh, of, you good. know what's funny is, uh, have you ever seen us in concert? I've never seen you in concert. That's the craziest part. Well, we're gonna be in New York at Madison Square Garden, June 23rd. You want to come out to the show? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll stay in touch and we'll make sure you get some tickets to that. And, and uh, it'll be real fun to uh, stand next That's to you I'm... and take a picture and just see how, how tall you are and how small <laughs> I am. It's, it's, it's kind of part of the bill, but it's fun, you know? Hell yeah. You can carry fun. him. I keep trying to get someone to carry him. He won't let anybody. That's not true. People have carried me. Oh. Guy, I just got to have a couple of drinks first. It's all good. <laughs> Makes me yeah. feel taller or, or okay with my shortness. <laughs> that's, that's solid <laughs> are you do you uh do you partake in uh in in drinking i know uh we talked about the food in italy but we didn't even get into like the wine and the and the drinking culture i know like the european you know you, lunch you have uh your your table wine a lot of times at these restaurants or or at people's houses and stuff where it's uh 
uh, a lower percentage alcohol, but I mean, you're still drinking a, a glass of red wine at lunch a lot of times. Is that something you partook in or being a, being an athlete kind of just never, never came across it as much? Yeah. Growing up in Italy, the alcohol and drinking culture is different because mm-hmm. our drinking age is around 16, but not really. It's really just when you feel like you want to start drinking. So mm-hmm. I mean, for example, my grandpa would give us wine at the table when we were super young, like six, seven, eight. Whoa. And it's not just drinking to get drunk and get messed up. It's more like social, um, just drinking a glass of wine or a good drink at a bar and just chilling, spending the night like that. So growing up, I was used to that, just drinking one glass of wine at lunch and one at dinner. My grandparents have been doing that ever since they were young and they grew up pretty old. So I guess that helps. Yeah. I mean, there's, they say there's, there's some health benefits to just that one glass. Is that, and have you maintained that, you know, or did you get into college? Everyone's, I mean, college years are different. I mean, I I didn't actually go to college, but that age when you're, when you have it, when you have access to it and you're out partying with everybody, did you, did you partake in any of that or did you uh, focus too much on football and didn't really get, get out there with that stuff? Yeah, not really. Once once I once I moved here to the US, I kind of stopped drinking cuz back in Italy, me and my friends were drinking when we were 13, just going out partying, going to clubs. So, when I came over here at 17, I already did all the partying, all the clubbing, all the drinking. And I just wanted to be focused on my sport and give it 100% on everything I did. So, I stopped drinking. And now I only do it when I go back home cuz it's just culture. So I'd be drinking wine and stuff like that. That's that. That's so incredible because that you brought up a and what you just in the answer you just gave it really resonated with me because you said you got all the clubbing out of the way. I think that's so interesting. Something that we can learn from that culture, right, Sam? Like we're we're both raising children right now. I, I he's six. I don't think I'm giving him a glass of wine just yet. I'm not quite as cool as your grandfather, um, but you know, uh, I do let him. Like I was just doing a scotch tasting, uh, a, a whiskey judging actually that got sent to my house I do the judging I send in my points and stuff um, from Fred Minnick who's been on the show and uh, I had and Frankie wanted to be there my son he's my six-year-old son and so he was he was like oh can I help you and I was like yeah you got to pour it into this special glass help me rinse it out and then you could help me by like what do you smell and each time he'd smell he's like oh because it's it's whiskey <laughs> like i mean it wasn't it wasn't like we're sn- sn- sniffing on some on some nice red wine it was like and, but i thought it was funny because because he's around it he also he'll pour me a beer on the tap here for me sometimes and stuff so he's around it enough but i don't know if i'd it's interesting though it, i think it all brings back to what you just talked about getting it out out of the way early and like you said, your high school was a, more like a college where you were picking everything that you want to be doing at an earlier age. I think there's something that um, our culture can really learn from in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think I think that helps, too, with things like that, not making it like a taboo for your kids or something that right. is super bad to do right now. But making them understand it's just like it's normal is alcohol you can drink and just yeah it's it's not santa claus it exists you don't need to be scared of it you know what i mean like it's it's, they're gonna be exposed to it at some point you know why 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 let someone else expose my son to it i want to be the one to like you know convey what it what it means to me and you know and that that was always my mom policy like whatever it is like just talk to to us or just like do it here at home i'd rather do you doing it here at home safe with us than just go outside and 
Yeah, and eventually you're going to take it outside anyway. You become your own man, your own adult. You get out there and you're going to do what you're going to do. But you're going to be more responsible, you know? Right, right, right. I think so. What do you think, Sam? Well, you know, it's funny that you guys bring that up because I've always thought this. I had a couple friends, and I'm not going to name names in my family, but so I have a, a close family member who didn't drink at all in high school or anything. It was very studious. And then it wasn't until they were 21 in college, and then they started drinking. Well, everybody else had kind of learned their limits earlier before they got there. So if anything, I feel like they kind of went off the rails a little more because they're playing catch up to everybody else. Yeah. So there is something about going through your growing pains gradually as when you're young, not that we're saying. Oh no, we're not saying kids drink. go get messed up. Kids do not do we're not that. Saying yeah, that. Wait till 21. That's, that's the thing. Wait till 21. And we're not saying that, but it, go to Italy, go drink there is what we're saying. <laughs> I, I think, I think even furthermore, I would say, you got to talk to your parents about it. Like each, each person. Well, that's all, yeah. You, you, gotta, you learn from them, right? You learn that's, from the parents. Like I know, I know it's hard for kids to say, cause I, I see it with my son, anything I say, he argues with all the time anyway, but that somebody else could say it like his coach on the team says the exact same thing. And he goes, Oh, okay. It's like you mother. Like I just, I just told you the same thing. So I understand that, but that dynamic that happens, but I would, I would, I would, uh, urge, uh, someone who's younger and, and curious then, before you do anything, just talk to your parents. Like seriously, they'll, they'll probably steer you in the right direction. Or if you got shitty parents, maybe talk to somebody else. I don't know. <laughs> I really do want to get the more you know to start. We yeah, gotta yeah, get we that, gotta do that, that graphic just to like, go yeah. over. A degenerate, a degenerate <laughs> musician talking about how you should raise your. You dropped out of high school, yeah. <laughs> telling you, don't drink or you'll get you'll turn into me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, worst things could have happened, I guess. Um, Let's get back on track to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that uh, the Giants don't get too mad yeah, for yeah. the discussions well, on this. <laughs> I just I'll put a bow on the on the alcohol part of it. When you say you're, you're drinking a, a glass of red wine when you're with your family and stuff back at home, or even even before when you're going out to a club, uh, what would be your your wine of choice or your drink of choice? Like, what, what's your favorite drink when you're when you're going to uh, partake? I, I like, so my grandparents are from Tuscany. So all those wines in the region where I grew up, oh, like Brunellino, Brunello di Montalcino, um, and all those wines. Because a lot of my friends have actually farms and they produce wine. Oh. So I experienced that too, just making wine and then actually looking at all the process and drinking what we made. So that was the fun part as well, from picking the, the grapes in their vineyards until making the wine well now that you're officially in the nfl and on a big team like the like the the new york giants that they are you can uh, me and you can make a wine together we should just do a collab and do like a hundred bottles or something and like take me through the process of of how it was done in tuscany we can come up with something ever wonder what a punch from elton john feels like or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in nirvana or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room. Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from The Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. 
Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. Really I'll hit up a couple of friends and let's do it. I think that'd be I think that'd be super fun. And if you're down, we'll stay in touch. We'll we'll, we'll make something cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I guess that's uh, that covers a lot of stuff that already. Um, just to get to know you a little bit better, though, man. Like, I know you said you haven't been to an Avenged Sevenfold concert. What was the concert life for you growing up? Was was music always something you were really into, or uh, do you? I guess what's your what's your music background uh, on life and your philosophy there? So, growing up, my parents always had some kind of music on. So my dad was from the Caribbean. He was Rastafarian. So he always had some kind of reggae going on. Awesome. And my mom was more into like 80s, 70s rock, um, <laughs> old school rock and all this type of music. So I, I had different backgrounds growing up. Then I got into EDM and rock and metal and all these different things. So we went to a whole different, whole type of different concerts. And as I said, the things that I did the most were going to the clubs and watching, or or how you call it, raves, just watching DJs and DJ mm-hmm. sets from like 12 at night until 12 the day after. Um, and that's how I grew up. And then I used to play the drums when I was a kid because my mom wanted both me and my brother to actually get into music. So my brother started playing the guitar and uh, I started playing the drums. And my cousin that introduced me to y'all, he was playing the the bass, and he's a bartender now, actually. Why so why do bass players always have bars? I don't I don't, really like uh, I don't know. <laughs> 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 what are you gonna say, Sam? Oh no! Did you guys have a name? Did you did you name like yourselves as a band when you were no, younger? No, I never. No. Do you guys yeah. jam together though, like as a family? Every once in a while, but I, I would just be in my garage just playing my drums on my solo. I got a question about Rome. So I did a little tour and they, the guy who gave us a guided tour where they did the chariot racing. He's like, Oh, this is where we have all the concerts outdoors now. But so is that legit like a paying thing that they set up and then people can just listen to it? Or is that just for like free large stuff or how does that work over there? So how to do concerts in there? Yeah, because he's like, this is where we have the big festival or the big concerts. I'm like, yeah, but I could stand right here and just listen and watch it all for free. Like, how do they make money at these? Technically, you can do that. Uh, they they put barriers around and stuff like uh, that a little bit. It's the but same thing like they would do here in Huntington, at the Sam. Beach. You, at the beach, you just have to yeah. like, yeah, technically, you it's not going to sound yeah, like, like you're far enough away where it's not going to sound as good. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't you don't get a full experience, the full show, like just being because at the end of the day, like part of the concert is the experience, not right. only listening to the music, but watching the band, being close to them, being with all the people, with your friends right there. So do you mosh? Uh, every once in a while, why not? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be in there with a linebacker. That would <laughs> not linebacker, defensive end, bro. Get it right. Defensive. Sorry, sorry. My bad. Again, <laughs> my layman. If I hit somebody, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he could do it anymore. Maybe when you were a kid. Did you go to a 
I mean, a lot of times we go out there, we do the, the European festival runs in the summer, like, the, like for our, our genre, for the one, one of the genres that you're talking about, metal and hard rock. These are the biggest uh, festivals in the world for, for our genre of music out there in Europe. Uh, did you ever grow up going to any of these festivals? Or, or, or? Not as much, because I didn't travel as much okay. there in Europe. But um, the last concert that I went to actually was Three Days Grace. They came here to Pittsburgh. I didn't know. So that was a fun one. Oh, awesome. Yeah, the, the, love those dudes. Did tour with them too. So, yeah, it was, uh, they're, they're good dudes. Uh, where did they play at? What was the They band? actually played here in Pittsburgh. And I didn't even know. I just happened to drive by because I was driving by our stadium. And right next to it, they have a venue for bands and stuff like that. And it was this super long line. And I just pulled down the window and I was like, what's going What's happening? Well, yeah. Who's playing? They were like, three days grace. <laughs> I was like, no way. So I just parked, bought tickets, and went. What's the name of this venue that, that's next to the stadium? Uh, Stage AE. Okay. And how many, how many people you, would you say is in that room? I'm just curious because I, I, I don't recall that name, but I'm sure we've played through, we've played that, through Pittsburgh a lot That's probably in the, in, the, in the tens of thousands, like 10, maybe 15. Okay, okay. So bigger, three days, three days is still doing good. I like hearing that they're still doing good. I like, I like that. Yeah. Not bad at all. I didn't expect that. But for bigger concert, they usually use our stadium, which is like 70, 80,000. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. But, so yeah. do you get free tickets when you play there as a folk, or do you have the ends for concerts? Did you go to any concerts while you were playing there? I, I don't get free tickets, but playing there every Saturday, I really know all security and all the people around. So I'm like, I play here every Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> like you're good. Did you ever? Did you? So did you use that for a particular concert? That you could, that you yeah, could like last year, Kenny Chesney was playing, oh, and nice. I'm not a country guy. I don't listen to country. I don't really like it. I didn't even know who it was. But oh, are, my you, are, are you single? Am I single? Yeah. Yeah. Because country concerts. Oh yeah! Holy cow! For single dudes, that's where you want to go. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that's one of the reasons why we went. We <laughs> of course, of course, and that's why. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you also. I mean, you find uh, you know, there's a lot of lot of pretty girls that like country music here in the yeah, states. Great entertainment. We were at the tailgate, and then we kind of like understood that that was the spot where we should have went, and we were like, let's let's just go. And a bunch of my friends, we just walked in and went to that concert. <laughs> that's so rad. Oh man. Well, I mean. Do you have anything else, Sam, that you that you wanted to to get to know uh, Habo a little no, bit? No, but uh, Habo, as sorry. Johnny said, I'm not a I'm not a football fan, but I do have a new favorite player. So we really appreciate your time, man. I I, I look forward to following uh, your career, man. It's right here from the start, it's pretty rad. Appreciate it, y'all, for sure. Yeah, man, and we'll definitely uh, we'll we'll see you out in New York uh, in a couple months, man. We'll uh, we'll link up there. And we'll talk a little bit more wine. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to learn how to make some, and maybe do something something fun uh, just for the two of us to, to mess around with, man. Sounds like a plan. All right, brother. Well, have a good rest of your day, or a good rest of your week, and uh, good luck on the uh, training camps and everything you got coming up over there in New York with the uh, with the Giants. And congrats again, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'll yeah. talk to y'all soon. Yeah, brother. Later, bud. All right, there well, it goes. Well, well that, that was, was a cool. lot of fun. What dude, I told dude. you. I told you. I was texting with the guy, and I was like, "I think this is going to be a lot of fun." He's got a cool story. It's unique. It's different. It's not one that I know that I come across very often. And uh, the way the way he was able to 
openly talk about it now after he's been on a team and stuff. It's it's really cool. And it's just he just signed to this team. That's why I was like, this is our first NFL guy. And he happens to be a fan of, of my band. Let's let's use it and get him on the show. Oh, well, I just, oh, you know, I did have one other question, but it's it's kind of irrelevant because he ended up doing it. But just if the XFL was something questionable, I do know someone else who was in the draft but didn't make it, and he ended up going into the XFL. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I just, it's kind of fun. Obviously, as a guy like me who doesn't necessarily watch it, but, you know, I know football but I'm not in the weeds uh, to just kind of hear the background story of, you know, the story behind the game is, right. is what interests me. So hopefully uh, you out there who aren't even big football fans got something out of it. Cause I thought that was rad. I had a, a good time learning uh, yeah, yeah. What, what goes into all that. Dude. And it's insane. I mean, you brought up the XFL. Uh, there's also the CFL and the USFL. There's other leagues that aren't the premier league. That is the NFL. And you're right, he could have ended up there, but that's that goes to show just how competitive he is and how, and what an athlete he is. That you know, he wasn't necessarily drafted, but as a free agent, he's an NFL player. That's that's legit. Like that's that's the top. Even if he's uh, on the bench for a part of his career, then has to work his way up, which ultimately I imagine he would, being that late in the draft or, or after rather. He's going to have to work his way up on, in that organization. But I mean, for a guy who started that young, that, 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 <laughs> I, I wouldn't I mean, count not that him young, out, dude. I wouldn't count him yeah, out. I'd be taking a I, real look at that, dude. I, if I was, if I was those coaches for sure. He can progress pretty fast if he, he picked shit up that fast. So, yeah. Oh, uh, man. And we're, we'll be rooting for him for sure. So, yeah. Well, we didn't get to, uh, we didn't get to chat too much before he came on because he was, uh, he was actually, more than punctual. We, we always come on a little early, you, you and me, Sam, to like have a little conversation about what, what's coming up and maybe share a little bit of news in our lives. But he was, he was a good eight minutes early when we would usually would have done that. <laughs> so punctuality is good on that guy too. Um, so let's just wrap up by like talking about what we got going on. We mentioned uh, Venge is going to be in Madison Square Garden on June 23rd where he's, and he'll be coming out to the show apparently now as long as he's in town for it. Um, and uh uh, we announced our uh, our open some of our opening acts uh, uh, for that. We got Living Color coming out. I know that you saw you and I were texting about that because you always oh hear gosh. about that stuff after. And I was like, oh yeah, I got to talk to him about that. I wanted to talk to you about this. So it's so funny that we were just texting about Living Color. So you got to watch on Apple TV. I was searching through, and they have this. Uh, you know, James Corden has that carpool yeah, karaoke yeah, car- carpool or whatever. Karaoke, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they have an episode. Well, they, it, it's a TV show, so you can just look on Apple, and it's not James in it, but they just pair up different people. But they had one that was two cars full of AEW people, and one has uh, MJF in it with Ruby Soho and uh, Powerhouse, whatever what was his name. Yeah, yeah, and pretty entertaining. You got to do it. Oh, and then uh, another one with CM Punk, uh, Brenton Hangman, and then uh, who was in the front? Oh. Um, Brian, uh, Brian Danielson. Yeah. But they sing living color and they're all everywhere. They're going off on it. And so I was like, Oh, that's well, yeah, cool, I mean, man. CM, like Punk, I... CM Punk, uh, comes out to that song too. So they've, they've well, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. 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 That's the personality. Yeah. Great song. I mean, I just remember, so it, it kind of came up, like I was in the warehouse a few weeks ago when I heard that there, that there was an opportunity to get them on that show. Um, and because they reached out and, um, put their, you know, put their name in the hat and we're like, We've never played MSG. It's where we're from. We'd love to, you know, it would be, it would be an honor and to us. We're like, 
man, it'd be an honor to have you on this show. Like, we grew up listening to you guys. Like, absolutely. I mean, I remember that song, uh, Cult of Personality, was on MTV every morning before I went to school, and I would rock out to it while I'm eating my cereal, packing up, and getting ready to go, you know? It's like, that music video was was ingrained in my in my in my vision you know oh man that's a it's a classic man everybody i mean you can't help but just kind of nod your head when that thing comes yeah up. and and there's such great musicians like and eclectic like you, you, the other big song that they're known for is completely different a lot of people probably don't even realize it's the same band but in the 80s they also had the glamour boys hit uh, no, I don't, I don't oh, know. you know that song. If I play it for you, you know it. But, it, it, right, but no Google, one realizes gonna... it's the same band because they have such a wide range. I mean, they're just really talented dudes. So uh, I did reach out to possibly get someone from the band on the show at some point. We'll oh, talk a little great. bit about that. Yeah, that we well, hopefully before we get out to MSG, I'd like to have them on. We can kind of promote, you know, and talk about uh, how that's going to go. Because um, also the listeners who might be at MSG. Keep an eye out. You might see uh, uh, Sean, a uh, guest, a friend of the show, and Brandon out uh, trying to meet some lot. other uh, some people before the show. So keep an eye out for a little drinks with Johnny pre gaming. Yeah, out there it, in the parking lot. Why not? You yeah. might have yeah, you might have someone tailgating with you uh, from the show. <laughs> yeah, and we also announced. Uh, I know you're excited about this one too. Uh, Co-defendants uh, going to be on uh, the Kia Forum show on June 9th. So I'm, oh, I'm so excited so about that. Mike sent me the uh, watermark copy of that last May. Um, I remember listening to it when I was uh, at a wedding in Mexico. I was working out in, in the gym at the, at the resort or whatever. And, I, and he had sent it to me. I was like, well, I got to see, see, see what Mike's up to these days. And I was blown away on how oh. cool that music is. It's one of my favorite albums right now. I listen to it all the time. Well, they keep promoting it, and I think just for shock factor, Mike Mike's always like, "Oh, it's my hip hop band, and it's my rap." But it's like you listen to the album. Yes, there's some like rap lyrics on it, but musically, and then uh, there's Sam, and I'm, I'm forgetting the other guy's name. It starts with a C. Um, they got like kind of like sublime style in there. The the lyrics specifically are some of the most heartfelt like real emotional like lyrics i i i'm doing a really shitty job <laughs> selling this album but uh just go no, check it out everybody yeah go check it out it is great yeah and, and, so, and to right, be fair for mike for mike it is a hip-hop record because you gotta remember oh, yeah. when you have conversations with mike he doesn't listen to anything but punk rock music and I, and he's, and, and, and I tested him on it when he told me that I was like, Oh, come on. You've, you've heard a B and C and he's like, nah, I've never listened yeah. to it before. I'm like, that is just wild. And so for him to venture into that now, I mean, I'm sure he's listened to a bunch of stuff in genres having fat records, of course, but that's all within the punk rock genre or ska or some reggae in there. And I think that that, is kind of where, where it went off. And then having DOC in there rapping and stuff like that, I think that is where he calls it hip hop. But I mean, well, that, it, it has, that's it why has it's so good. Thing. Yeah. No, Cause it's, it's got hip hop, but it's not musically hip hop. It's all like instruments. It's all like actual songwriting. Not, yeah. not the ones not, but you know what I'm saying? It's traditional songwriting. Uh, than it is just hip -hop a bunch of 808s too. and yeah. stuff no, like that. Hip hop has that too. You don't, just cause you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not the same. <laughs> Take it, whatever. <laughs> so how does that work when you do it? I know at a festival or whatever, you pop out and do stuff. Are you even going to have time to see them 
when you do the forum or is it not work? Yeah, for your I, I, I'm hoping to. Uh, I don't know until I get there. The forum well, might be a little harder. it's two before you. Yeah, because so it's two before out. me. I could sneak in, catch a little bit of it, and then start warming up, hopefully. Um, that would be my plan anyway. Uh, again, it, it, it'll, especially for the forum, being a home show, there's going to be a lot of family and friends there, I'm sure, too. And, um, you know, uh, it'll, it's our first big headlining show back. So... Um, I don't know where my head's going to be at, you know, I'm sure I'm going to be excited and I would love to catch some of their set for sure. Uh, same with, uh, living color as well. Like I, I definitely want to catch as much of that shit, uh, as much as those sets as I can. And unfortunately I'll be missing the following reverse set. Uh, I'll be hearing it while I'm in the dressing room warming, warming up for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, there will be flames, right? We're going to have flames. What flames with who? I don't, you always have I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not letting anybody know what we're, what we got going on yet. You're just gonna have to. You know, it's funny. I'm not even gonna ask you off camera because I don't want to know. Yeah. I can't wait to be su surprised by uh, what you guys put. We do something different, just sleep. like with the music, just like with the new album, just like with everything that we do. When we go away for a little while, whether it be, you know, typically we're only gone for, you know, two three years. Uh, Writing record. This one took a little longer, five years. Um, we're just like when we come back with with stuff it's going to be different every time we're always trying to we're always trying new things and we're we're inspired by new things just as as any other human being is you find new things that you enjoy and you incorporate the cool ones into what you do for for a living and a passion and yeah i think that's that's that i mean that's what i could say is that it's going to be different <laughs> yeah i can't wait it's going to be fun yeah. uh, it's just going to be so interesting to see you back at it making scheduling a lot more fun for me yeah yeah it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be funny but yeah you know this is the first uh voyage of you having the golden mic and the and the actual good camera here so it looks good you're looking good like we're we're so, definitely so, so uh, behind the scenes up. johnny had to drive over to my house which is like five minutes away set me up <laughs> daddy got got his son all set up for yeah, the camera no yeah. <laughs> just I, I appreciate it so everyone used to, in the beginning, give you shit for being technical difficulties, but you have become so much more. And it's just funny because now I'm the layman on the whole team where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. What I'm doing. Yeah, but you'll yeah. figure it out. And we're, we're we'll I bring it all up for the behind the scenes stuff to, to say that we're, we're working on uh, uh, the way we're recording things to make it a little bit more uh, seamless. And uh, we can pump these out a little bit quicker. That way we don't have to bank so many so that like, you know, we've had guests on that, you know, their episode might not come out for, you know, a month after we've recorded it. And, uh, but the, you the listening to this, is. you get it ahead of everybody. Yeah. So YouTube might be behind. Uh, we're treating it as just so you guys know, uh, listener as a reward. You guys get you get all of everything up front. The yeah. YouTube people, they're going to have to wait. And uh, sometimes it'll come out, sometimes sometimes it won't. But this will be the the mainstay we're in a stead fast is that the term using it right? <laughs> i don't know, I don't know. probably not yeah. but i know what you, i i think i think they i think the listeners this is the flagship here yeah there's a flagship is the podcast that go. yeah it's and it's it's it'll help us uh, get these things out a little quicker um so as people are listening to this today we just recorded this yesterday on monday and they're getting it tuesday morning so i think that's a cool thing and uh i think that's the goal that we've learned over doing this for four seasons and in our, into our fifth season now we're always we're always going to push the envelope and see what we can do to make it better. And I think that's uh, like we were talking the other day. We treat this like our band, you know, it's like and I treat it like the way that I know how to create is each season 
like a new album. Like we're gonna come out and we're gonna do something different, a little bit better, work on some things so we could get that content out to everyone quicker. So I say that whole mouthful to remind folks listening at home, if they aren't already, make sure they hit that following check button, check button while they're listening right now. Cause there's a lot of stuff, as Sam said, that will only come out audio only. There's stuff over on YouTube that will only be video only. Um, I don't want to give too much away of what we got coming up because, uh, uh, you know, I want everyone to be pleasantly surprised on what we what, what we come up with. But just to let everyone know, it's I know we say it every time, but just a reminder: make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Yep. <laughs> nice, nice, nice way to to bring it home there, Sam. I guess that's it for this week, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time. As always, cheers. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey you, do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.